right, guys. Well, in episode three here, introduction to film, the crew at one point goes through Quad, and there's a number of different organizations signing people up. And out of those, there's the AV Club, which I think their slogan was Seize the Patch Cable. Yep. Uh, the second one was Karate Kid Club, and the third one was Disco Club. Out of those three, if you went to Greendale, which one would you want to join? AV Club, Karate Kid Club, or Disco Club? Oh, that's a really tough choice. Not a tough choice at all. Disco, baby. It's a tough choice for me between Disco and Karate Kid Club. I guess I'll go Karate Kid Club, because Al and I still have a blood feud, so I can't be in the same club. <laughs> That's I right. Like that there's a court restraining order too, right? Yeah, yeah. 25 it's kind, of, it's kind of messy. Miles. So no need to involve others in that. I think AV Club would be my go-to, but since this is what my first day at college or something, and I want to change who I am, I'd go to the Disco Club. Nice. Yeah. Well, AV Club's kind of what we're doing here on the Community Rewatching <laughs> 101 podcast. We're, we're all nerds, one way or another. Whatever club you're going to join, you're going to be a nerd, and that's okay. Because we're nerds, geeks, and weirdos, and we love watching Community, which is why we're bringing to you yet another Community Rewatching podcast. I'm Justin. With me is Heather, Thomas, and Al. How are you guys doing today? Great. Incredibly. Outstanding. I don't know how to rate those, but they all sound top tier. So we've got a great episode for you today. It's Introduction to Film, episode three of the first season, as we continue to look at the way this show has been introducing its characters and the format and the college itself. So it's not perfect. It's always a little messy. The, the first season bumps are not going to really be ironed out for probably three or four more episodes, but it's surprising how quickly community gets good. So I'm excited that we have the full crew here today. Heather decided to grace us with her presence. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're, for that. you're so very welcome. I charge by the minute, though. So just, <laughs> just I, so you're aware. All right. Well, let's get on to today's show. Actually, I've asked Heather to provide us with a summary of introduction to film. All right. Picture it. Sicily, 1922. Wait, sorry. Wrong show. So... We open with Jeff sprinting into a classroom and, after speaking to a classmate, determining that this accounting course will be an easy credit. Professor Whitman makes a grand entrance and instructs them to throw their textbooks away, cementing Jeff's belief that he'll be able to carpe diem his way through what he considers a blow-off class. The deadline to enroll is the next day, and Jeff goes to the study group to convince them to join him in the class. Abed admits he can't due to his father only paying for classes that will help him run the family falafel restaurant. A horrified and ever-involved Britta wants to give Abed money to pay for a film class after he confides that film and not falafel is his true passion. Despite Jeff's warning about getting involved in each other's personal lives, Britta writes the check. The next day, Jeff and the group, minus Britta and Abed, get to the class and find it to be pretty much as Jeff described, except on the way out after, the professor is clearly on to Jeff and tells him that if he doesn't genuinely seize the day as instructed, then by the end of the week, he will get an F in the class. Jeff does increasingly wacky and whimsical things in hope of getting the A, but the professor is unimpressed. Britta and Abed are discussing the documentary he's making for class as Jeff joins them. Abed's father soon shows up, and he and Britta get in a heated argument over the money that she gave him for the film class, resulting in Abed's father storming off and saying Abed is their responsibility now. 
Britta accepts this role as Abed's provider and begins budgeting for his expenses. Abed lets Britta and Jeff know that they will be playing the role of his mom and dad in the documentary. Soon after, Britta sees, uh, sees Abed making frivolous purchases with the money she gave him for the film classes. When she finds out he hasn't been attending the film class she paid for, she asks Jeff to talk to Abed about his behavior as he refuses to talk to her about it. Jeff and Britta argue about this as Abed films them a few feet away. Later, when Abed orders pizza and lattes for the study group, Britta loses her patience and begins demanding an explanation from Abed for his behavior. And when Abed doesn't respond, Britta's had enough and leaves the room with Jeff chastising him and following shortly after. After this, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff tricks Britta and Abed's father into the study room together to hopefully have a discussion to resolve. Instead, Britta and Mr. Nader begin to fight again until Abed announces the film is finished. They all watch a documentary of Jeff and Britta arguing about Abed with their faces replaced by the faces of Abed's parents. Abed's father, in tears, reconciles some familial issues with his son and then states that if this is how Abed feels comfortable communicating, then he will pay for film classes. And later, Britta gives Jeff a very public kiss on the green, and they are seen by Professor Whitman, who tells Jeff he has an A for the class. Oh, and Pierce teaches Troy how to sneeze like a true phlegm-filled patriarch. Also, Justin told me my intro had better end with a Thoreau quote, so disobedience is the true foundation of liberty. Fight the power. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people actually need to watch the episode now because they could just put that. <laughs> that wasn't even a summary. That was like a beat by beat. That was awesome. I was just like, this This one's pretty, this one has so much going on. I kept struggling with this for a long time. Like, how do I summarize this episode? Because if you miss just one thing, it seems like the rest of it doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it right at the beginning. As you said, we have. Jeff going into this class. By the way, they don't say what class it is. I noticed this until like the mm. 10th minute. Like it's a ways into it because I kept listening. I rewound it several times going, okay, he's taught. He said, you got to come to this class. This is a good class, but he never says what the class is until it's used as kind of a punchline. Like this, no way to teach accounting. And then you're like, oh, that's like the only time they mention it's an accounting class. I thought that was hilarious. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is. I, the first time I've ever noticed that, <laughs> by the way. So, yes, Jeff's looking for an easy A, comes into this class, and we've got Joel Michael Higgins as uh, the Professor Whitman here. Uh, he's a great character. Have you guys seen uh, Good Great News? I have. No. It was a two-season sitcom. Kind of recommend it. It's really good. It's a bit like a newscasting a sitcom and he plays kind of a bill mcneil from news radio kind mm. of personality and he's i mean you see this guy pop up in a lot of a lot of movies too but he's so funny as very arrogant guy and here he's obviously aping a certain movie that <laughs> is not even like slightly hinted at it's just overtly thrown in your face mm -hmm. and that of course is dodgeball this class carpe diem seize the day no tests no papers you want an a live in the moment jackpot on the dead poet society thing yeah now is 
Whitman actually good at being the Dead Poet Society teacher? Is he actually good at it? And Jeff is just so disinterested in giving any kind of effort that he comes off that way? Or is he as bad as he appears in the show? He's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. I, that's what I think. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think he's ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. I don't know if that means it's a good thing or a bad thing in the context of what Al asked, but I think he's ridiculous. I mean, when a guy says, like, you can stop stopping them and start starting. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, that's the amount of mumbo jumbo gibberish. Mm-hmm. That means nothing, but it sounds deep. And that's what that's what this guy is. Like, he sounds deep. He sounds profound. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously taking some pretty broad pot shots at I don't think the movie Dead Post Society so much as the culture that grew up around like the following of that movie. So everybody was really obnoxious with Carpe Diem and mm-hmm. we've got to do wacky things and we've got to stand on desks, which, by the way, a community tells you probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's you know, so good. That line. All your lives you're told not to stand on desks. Well, why not? <laughs> Crash. <laughs> And you know, if this was later in the series, that would have been Vicky. Oh, yeah. It oh, was just some random girl. I'm like, no, no, no. That would have been a Vicky. Uh. You know, it's one of my friends from high school went to college and had a class with the Dead Poet Society professor, the real life guy. Oh, oh really? Yes. He teaches at uh, UConn here in Connecticut. And yeah, the first day of class, he said to everybody, if anybody stands on their desk or says, oh, captain, my captain. You fail my class. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, one little throwaway gag. I mean, literally a throwaway gag is this class. When they come in, he says, take off your shoes and throw them. And then he dismisses class and everybody leaves without their shoes. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. I didn't notice. That. I've never thought about that. But also this whole class is about 45 seconds. Do you Mm -hmm. notice that? Like, they stream in, they sit down, he comes in, there's a little bit of that banter, stand on your desk, you know, close your textbook, and then he dismisses them. And it's like, it's only a couple minutes long. It's it's a weird thing that sitcoms sometimes do, especially community, when they're doing a classroom scene, where they come in, they sit down, and the actual class is about two minutes long. I mean, they do this in Spanish a lot with Chang. I just, I don't know, I thought that was weird, but... I've never really thought about that before. I'll have to keep an eye open for that. Uh, do you like that Jeff asked the guy, do you like Dane Cook? Yep. <laughs> as, as a measure of how dumb this class is. Oh I enjoyed gosh. the relish with which uh, Jeff throws his book when he's been giving the permission to throw his book. He's like, all right, where am I going to throw it? Yeah, the far side of the room. And yeah. It's <laughs> uh, a good foil for this teacher. They really, like, you, you can see why... Uh, Jeff, one is not what this professor wants to see. Like the total wind up, he's technically doing everything right. He's doing everything he wants, but uh, I mean, the whole point of the lesson is to is to not do uh, stuff confidently, I suppose, like that, or not. Uh, how would you put it? Um, to uh, to go outside of his comfort zone, but Jeff's comfort zone includes pretending uh for a teacher so it's a sticky situation well uh they 
quickly go into the study room because Jeff has to recruit some people to come to that class. I guess he gets, I mean, it kind of felt like maybe he's getting some sort of kickback or something. Like, why, why does he care? Like, why does he care that a study group goes? Is he really that attached to these people already? Or is he just so incredibly giddy over finding the most pointless class in all of Greendale that he has to share that? I think, I think it's the second it's, part. Yeah, same. With a little sprinkling of Jeff loves people to know how smart and savvy he is. So if he found this really amazing thing, like he wants people to know that he found it. My dad will only pay for classes that will help me run the family restaurant. It's been struggling since 2001. 9-11 was pretty much the 9-11 of the falafel business. So your dad has your whole life planned out for you? Are you even interested in falafel? I'm interested in making movies, but my dad says all media is Western propaganda that negatively stereotypes Arabs. And he should see Aladdin. Jafar was a badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love I love when they go into the study room scene. You've got Pierce doing voice commands into his phone. Of course, not working, <laughs> which I, I was already laughing because like in 2021, that still doesn't work half the time anyways. Mm-hmm. But Britta's stare of death at Pierce <laughs> cracks me up. She is so focused, like the hatred coming out of her eyes. <laughs> and it's, it's just beautiful. I love it. Britta's changed again in this episode, hasn't she? She's, uh, I mean, what's this episode three? We've had three different Brittas, I feel. And I think this one is closer to the what Britta will become. Is that right? It's definitely the full of herself, kind of want yeah, to lecture the world. Kind of focused mission against some kind of societal uh, pinpoint. She's very comp. She very much like feels like she has the moral high ground or at least she thinks she has the moral high ground and finds herself in over her head very, very quickly. And yeah, that feels that feels like Britta to me. She relishes setting perceived wrongs right and lecturing people in the process. But there's, it also is, you know, this episode kind of starts really highlighting Jeff and Britta as the surrogate mom and dad of the group. And so this is very blatantly them putting that out there. And of course, they're horrible parents. Nobody should ever have them as parents. <laughs> um, so she pays for Abed's uh, film class here. And it's $70, which is, I have to ask Heather, this is on my list. Heather, is that the cost of a, a community college class? Could you pick up a class for 70 bucks for a semester? Absolutely not. And That's pretty cheap. <laughs> I, I just on the on the topic of costs, by the way, I was horrified when they threw their books across the room. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> some yeah. of those could have been almost two hundred dollars, maybe more. <laughs> oh, no. And I would be a little mad that that I spent a lot of money on a textbook for a class that I didn't need to have. But absolutely not. I don't know where that $70 figure comes from. That's absolutely insane. But the memo on the check says, for dreams. For dreams. Aww. <laughs> I like how Abed shares that with the group. Like, yeah. <laughs> everyone will enjoy it. You guys, are we going to study Spanish or keep getting involved in each other's personal lives? <laughs> hey, Troy sneezes like a girl. And how about I pound you like a boy? That didn't come out right. Why don't you all just leave him alone with his cute little baby sneezes? You're not my mother. She's not. 29 seconds. All right. Well, um, they, they go back to the class. Jeff gives his one and only fist bump to Troy. You know, okay. Never again. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. 
And we get some backstory on Shirley. Shirley gets a, a few good moments in yeah. this episode. Hmm. So what's the backstory on Shirley? Shirley was married to a man for 15 years who left her with stretch marks and the vague memory of two bland experiences in bed. And uh, <laughs> she's fending for herself now and going to college to start up a business. Yeah, she mentions selling baked goods, which is going to lead into uh, Shirley sandwiches. That'll that'll sort of be a plot that'll fizzle later, but it's leading down the road there. Uh, so I, I like how I like how Whitman gets right in her face to make her say <laughs> yeah. the truth, which might be a good defense for is he a good teacher? Maybe like that's kind of a you know some truth telling there has nothing to do with accounting, but hey, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Get this poor lady to kind of sort of break down in front of the class. Why are you here? Because I wasted 15 years of my life on a man who left me with nothing but stretch marks and a foggy memory of two bland orgasms, and now it's time to get what's mine. Day seized. And I love that Shirley has three distinct levels in that conversation, too. She's yeah. got her, she's got her super sweet, you know, meek voice, and then she's got her like much more like sure of herself, but confused by he does not understanding this voice. And then there is the the inner Shirley who is very upset that she's being forced to say this in front of people. I especially love the the second Shirley voice, the one I kind of thought of it as a things could escalate from here if you're testing me kind of voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I I loved it. So we get we get the lady or the girl falling off the desk and that kind of continues like even Pierce helps her up later on. And they get some homework. <laughs> Did you catch what the homework was? Go I swim in a lake like, and tell Tim people of them. I am so disappointed we saw nobody swimming in lakes in this episode. I know. Because yeah. that would have been great. So can I back up for one second here? Yeah, please. Because also in this scene, we get the only bit of Annie in like the entire episode. Where she gets like taken down a peg for taking notes in class and Jeff, they cut to Jeff during this scene and he looks so proud of himself. He (laughs) has the smuggest look (laughs) that Annie is trying to do work in this blow off class. That's kind of a running gag in all of community. Like none of the professors really enjoy how ambitious Annie is. And Mm. Chang never does. I, I I think Duncan kind of likes when, he brings Annie on board, but even he gets exasperated with her. So, point out point out a professor who really enjoys Annie. I'm I'm looking forward to that moment. Oh, but challenge accepted. Yeah, it's kind of like, dude, if you're if you're that good at being a student, you shouldn't be at this college. This is mm. no. I also I love a little moment just here when the professor gives uh, the. The, their tasks uh pierce gives a little thumbs up like got it he's taking it very seriously it's like that sounds reasonable to me go do it <laughs> all right so jeff gets his ultimatum he has to actually seize the day for real or he'll fail the class i like how he's gonna try to throw pierce under the bus that's his go-to yes uh, but no he gets called on it like that's again maybe the professor is a little bit astute uh and then we go into little later and now we are seeing abed running around with a camcorder and uh, we get some of these some of the scene actually seen through a camcorder sort of vision i didn't really think it was done that well but it's it's there 
and um, and Abed's Abed's dad shows up to confront Britta, and um, Britta gets uh she she doesn't really go for the well of humility and grace here. She very quickly gets pretentious and high horsed. You can see my whole face. <laughs> pretentious, high horse, and racist. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know, in general, I feel like Abed's dad. I I do think he, like he's clearly a funny actor, but I feel like way too much of his character is wrapped up in sort of post nine eleven Muslim jokes. And I, I wish I liked this 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 part as much as well, as much as I want to. I guess I don't know. I just feel like they do it. They they hit that button a little too hard for me. Yeah, it does. It felt to me kind of uh, like this is the first time in these episodes I've felt it almost dated. Like this feels pretty 2009 uh, and not something you'd see in a show today. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've actually kind of liked the balance they struck. Just that instead of making him the punching bag, they actually had him stand up to Britta and kind of get snarky back at her and and kind of defy some of these stereotypes that were being thrown his way like Mm -hmm. i i really like like when she um he's like dreams are for sleeping you don't know that it's clinically proven (laughs) that's good (laughs) that's a good line no matter what that's that that right there where do i find mr britta i'm mr britta that's right I'm a woman with rights, and you can see my whole face. Oh, I get it. Because I'm Arab, I must hate women. Let me tell you something. I love women, but I'm getting a major B-word vibe from you. And he takes he takes Britta down. He takes Jeff down. Like, go host American Idol. And, um, <laughs> and I guess I yeah. feel with bits like this, there's a fine line between making fun of stereotypes and making fun of people who make fun of stereotypes. And I feel like community is, well, Dan Harmon's usually going for the latter, making fun of people who make fun of stereotypes. But it is a fine line, and uh, sometimes I don't know if the balance is perfect uh, in, in scenes like this. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were talking before the show, I was watching a lot of different quotes from different episodes, and one thing that popped out just from seeing all that montage is how often the show is not afraid to really like go eyeball to eyeball against really touchy subjects mm. and make a joke out of them. And that's almost like, dude, I wouldn't even touch that with a 10 foot pole, but you're just, Oh, totally. Okay. Making a joke about racism. And in a way that kind of diffuses the situation kind of does a meta commentary. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And your mileage may vary. But I, I really appreciate that it's not scared to do that. And it, in a way, kind of it can, it confronts like how sometimes we're really silly and a little too oversensitive. And sometimes we're maybe not sensitive enough. And so anyways, I just want to put that out there. I, that's one thing I appreciate about community. It doesn't tiptoe around stuff. It sometimes just headbutts it, acknowledges it, makes a joke about it, and then goes on. Yeah, I totally agree with that, though it's interesting how in, in hindsight, well, from our perspective, 2021, it's it's so tame compared to Rick and Morty. Like, Rick and Morty <laughs> yeah. will throw away lines that just, you think, how can you possibly say that in a TV show and get away with it? Uh, so it's not Rick and Morty levels. 
Yeah. We also see in this scene that Britta definitely has some daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> some parent issues, which is kind of something they overplay because Britta has parent issues and Jeff has parent issues and Annie has parent issues and Abed kind of has parent issues. And I'm kind of wondering, hey, Dan, are you working out a little bit of <laughs> your parent issues in this show? I don't know. No, do, do, do we not all have parent issues? Have we not all been irrevocably screwed up by our parents? Is that just me? Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just you. Yeah. You're the only one. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll be your dad if you want. If you need a if you need a surrogate dad, and I'll be and your mom, and I'll write you a check for dreams for seventy dollars for dreams. Yeah, <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. We love you, man. <laughs> hey, we get uh we get a look at the revamped cafeteria lounge area. Feels like so. Feels like this episode is a really outdoors kind of episode. There's a lot of outdoor scenes, but also we're starting to look around the campus a little bit more. So we see a different cafeteria than was in the pilot. This one has the eating area, but it also has kind of a lounge area in the back, and they use this set a lot. Um, so here, Jeff shows up in his seize the day outfit, uh, uh. rainbow suspenders and a flashing tie. A flashing tie and bunny slippers. Oh, oh I, I missed the I bunny missed slippers. Fluffy bunny slippers. But the tie is blinking, so it's you know it's hard to look at anything else. I have one of those. Which is apparently the tire attire of an eighties rapist, according to <laughs> I was about to bring that up. Did, was she referencing a particular celebrity that I don't recall? I don't know, but it's <laughs> funny and just how specifically weird it is mm-hmm. i don't know i was wondering if it was like clockwork orangey almost or something yeah a non sequitur and we'll just move on from that yeah because it gets even more muddled when he when the when the professor isn't impressed by it and he's and he goes shazbot and i was like oh yeah because of the rainbow he does look like he's wearing mork's costume from mork and mindy yeah. So and then I'm even further like, okay, well, wasn't that in the 70s, though? So still, and Robin Williams was never, ra- okay, I, I'm overthinking this joke. Like, <laughs> just sit back, Heather, and enjoy. It's a little confusing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, it's amazing what you're doing for Ibed. I mean, a lot of people talk a good game, but you, you follow through. Love you. Sure. Thank you. But that doesn't happen to you a lot. Happened yesterday. Shirley's just doing her homework. Hillary, thank you for getting people coffee. I love you. It just looks so desperate and needy, though. Like, it's the most needy, cheap, dodgy-looking costume, and it makes mm-hmm. me sick. Well, Britta is definitely financing Abed way past $70 at this point because he has upgraded his <laughs> camera setting, which I thought was great. I thought they should have continued that, like, every scene. Oh, yeah. The camera... Just gets bigger. That would have been great, yeah. <laughs> I do love that she starts the scene doing his expenses. She's sitting there, like, actually filling out, like, an accounting sheet. And that feels so at odds with the Britta that, you know, that that come that we come to uh, to see. Or at least she's putting a lot more work into this than she'd put it to herself. She um, is historically bad with money. Mm. This entire show, she is horrible with money. Although- so Abed's kind of making some sort of film. And he's that's what he's doing. I love that Professor Whitman comes along and after dismissing Jeff, he makes an order. And the way he tears up the menu and says, a birthday cake <laughs> and then poses is uh, 
it's he, almost a little too surreal and i don't i think in later seasons he would have fit in just what just fine here he's almost a caricature in the middle of a semi-normal college campus but yeah i'll, I'll let it slide because it's a really funny line it's some good robin williams energy he's channeling there that's great yeah. mm-hmm. see robin williams robin williams there's a connection yeah here. let's draw the dots and and troy makes a jafar joke earlier Mm-hmm. So Aladdin. Aladdin, Robin Williams. Well, isn't the actor who oh. plays Professor Whitman wasn't he in Bicentennial Man, or am I wrong? I oh. think so. Which had Robin Williams. So, oh. yeah. Oh my God! Oh. It all connects. <laughs> the conspiracy. <laughs> We've cracked the case. I actually really love this minor subplot between Pierce and Troy. I thought it was a great pairing. It's a <laughs> stupid, silly little thing that Troy sneezes like a girl. And by the way, when Jeff jumps on that earlier on, when he sneezes, Jeff's like, hey, Troy sneezes like a girl. <laughs> I know it was a jerky thing to do, and that's Jeff is a jerk, and we point that out a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's also pretty funny in the way that friends just dogpile on friends when we do dumb things. What everyone else in the room, though, was trying not to say anything. They were sort of giggling to themselves, but not wanting to say specifically what it was that they were cracking up over. And Jeff has no problem. When I was a CEO, I had an array of masculine sneezes that asserted dominance. You know, like the explosive shock the room into silence sneeze, the... So Troy's a little, a little razzled by that, and so he goes to Pierce... Or Pierce says, "Hey, do you want do you want me to teach you?" And so they sit down. Pierce is wearing sunglasses or like those lens transition glasses. It's really weird. You can't see his eyes through the entire scene. But he teaches Troy a few things about sneezing. He, like Chevy Chase, this is a good little scene for him. He gets to demonstrate a bit of physical comedy with different types of sneezes. I was thinking about that too. I was like, oh, this is this is where he gets to shine a little bit, like how we remember Chevy Chase. Do you think that fell out of place here? No, not not really out of place, but it did sort of bring me out of it a bit because then I was thinking about Chevy Chase as Chevy Chase and how he used to, like, the kinds of roles he used to take versus this. I mean, of course, my mind drifts like that a lot when I'm watching stuff. I'll, I'll be thinking about little peripheral things so that doesn't really say a lot i guess i don't know if it if it kind of ruined anything for you guys but it, it did sort of draw attention like oh yeah i'm watching a tv show and this is a famous actor that had been famous for a long time i don't know if i'm quite there with you but i do think this just it really 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 feels like a c plot like we are desperately trying to find something for these characters to do this week oh yeah i don't care uh, for the plot at all i mean it's cute i guess but that's why I just gave it one little line at the end of my, my big spiel. I was just like, oh, yeah, also Troy sneezes. I'll, I'll be the devil's advocate. I like this plot better than I like the main plot. Really? Plot. We'll talk about oh. it later. I, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's not to say it's a wash. Uh, so we go outside again. We're getting a lot of outdoors time in this episode. Maybe more than almost any other normal season one episode it's a lot of outdoors time and jeff is attempting to seize the day for a second time and he's put in even more effort into this so what does it involve um he grabs a kite mm-hmm. runs along and then joins a, a girl's jump roping 
group of <laughs> young younger girls who should probably not be at a community college, but mm-hmm. there they are. I just like when Professor Whitman calls him out on it. He's like, that's just, yeah, that's not really working. And it's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Jeff takes money and just slams it in their hands. And he's like, beat it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it specifically calls him out by saying, had I not already cried at the sunrise this morning, I would be uh, weeping right now. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> what does that even mean? I just, oh I God. can't with him. <laughs> I can't. It's... Professor Whitman, every time he opens his mouth, I just involuntarily go, oh. But Britta likes it. Like, he gives Britta that flower. And she's like, oh. And Jeff's like, drop it. Drop that flower. <laughs> oh, I just love Jeff's idea of what he seems to think Professor Whitman wants. Like, he ends that bit with, like, by, like, going shoulder to shoulder, hugging those girls and, like, posing for Professor Whitman in the perfect direction. Like, it's a, mm-hmm. like it's a final frame of his little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's funny. How many times did he rehearse that? Did he know how to double dutch beforehand, or did they have to teach him? Have you guys ever double dutched? I, I mean, if you call standing in the middle of those ropes and getting smacked, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I tried it once and one time wasn't enough. It was enough. That came out as if it wasn't enough. It was definitely enough. More than enough. If we ever have a community rewatching 101 reunion, like in person, we'll do a double dutch. We'll get Thomas in the When you say we, you mean you three gentlemen (laughs) and not me. I'm not involved at all. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm all for that. That sounds great. You could be flying the kite. (laughs) Yes. That's all I wanted. And then Abed comes along and he's doing a weird backward scoot with his camera. And mm-hmm. they think he's going to. That's a joke. I don't get that joke. Explain. It's like, is he going to kill us? Jeff says as he's backing away with the camera. And I'm. Ooh. I mean, yeah, I didn't, that, what does that mean? To be honest, if I'd known Abed for how long have they known each other at this point? Unclear. Like, okay. But so well, if, this well, is, if this is our drop period in the semester, yeah. it's only got to be a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I might sometimes worry if Abed were going to kill me also with this weird things that he does that are just so hard to read. But he's not doing anything overtly threatening. He's backing away, not running at them with a knife or jumping, popping out at them. He's just kind of like, oh, he's getting some footage of their shins or something it's the fact that he's always there is a little like perturbing that they can be talking about and then turn around and he's just there mm-hmm. uh, kneeled over watching them and who the... knows how long or how long he's been recording <laughs> them i mean <laughs> that that's a very sketchy vibe but that context i think that the, the comment of is he going to kill us works better than this it, it feels a little out of place to me i agree mm-hmm. And they continue it as they go into the study room because Abed's still filming and he's spending Britta's money left and right. Uh, But here, really weird little moment because Britta sits next to Jeff. And the only reason she does that on the table is so that Abed could get them both in frame uh, with this camera. And I, that That, just, that felt forced. That is weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that the only time that happens? I'm trying to think of... I mean, they all just have their spots. 
<laughs> so he starts to frazzle Jeff and Britta. And this is a question I, I want to put out because I think it, it's at the meat of this episode. Is Abed being a jerk and filming them and obviously pushing their buttons and spending Britta's money wildly and irresponsibly and kind of just, I don't know, like using them in, in footage for this movie um, kind of reappropriating it in ways that they don't know what's going on. Is he being a jerk? Is he being quirky? What's this telling us about the character of Abed? Go! I feel like it's pretty jerky. It's a jerk move. I feel like he's being... He's he's a few steps ahead. He He's so confident that his masterpiece film at the end of this episode is going to make all of this right, is going to uh, be worth it for the places he has to put everyone else in uh he's being a stanley kubrick he's being a tough director uh on his first film yeah if he's intentionally putting you know getting people in these situations and doing things to provoke a reaction then he's a jerk if he is just acting in a certain way because he doesn't know or understand any better or you know that then that to me is is quirky but now this is manipulating people it's it's he's a jerk there's there's a few episodes that I don't like Abed, and this is one of them, because I think he kind of crosses a bit of a line. But then again, we also see Annie eating pizza with a fork, so she gets two things to do in this episode. <laughs> my mistake. And whatever, and whatever Pierce is doing with his slice of pizza as well. What's oh my he doing? gosh! Flopping it around or something? You can't get in his mouth. <laughs> Everybody knows from New York, you gotta you gotta fold it in half, right? Mm-hmm. strengthens the structural integrity of the slice and then you eat it <laughs> so there's a weird little time jump here because Britta and Jeff storm out and then they're back because they've got to resolve this mm-hmm. because we're running out of time in the episode mm-hmm. so hey we're talking to Abed again <laughs> I like that Jeff gets both Britta and Abed's dad there under false pretenses of uh, having tickets yeah <laughs> Bands. I don't know who Ravi Shankar is. That's who Britta thinks that she is going to see. I don't think I know. I don't either. I wish it was like what was it? The band she was really enthralled with in season five or six is like Tears of Natalie or something like that. Yeah, I think that's it. That would have been really good to pull up. But I love when Abed's dad comes. He's like, "Where's Weezer?" Yeah, it's a Weezer (laughs) fan. That's fantastic. You don't really have tickets for Ravi Shankar, do you? I lied to get you here because it's time to communicate. Communicate? Have you met Abed? It's not the two of you that need to talk. Hey, wait a minute. Where's Weezer? They're coming. Then I had to turn on the subtitles because he calls Britta something, and I every time he does it, I didn't catch what he said because of his accent. He calls her Jeff's pillow-lipped girlfriend. Pillow-lipped? Pillow-lipped girlfriend. That's a choice. And then, yeah, and then comments on her other attributes, which is, again, mm. I don't know if they're trying to make him creepy or just... Yeah, I think it's more of they said they, that they call it out as an Iraq War reference, and I think it's them trying to lampshade that a little bit. But that, mm. it, again, it doesn't work for me. Do you notice in the background there's an awesome poster, and I totally want it. Fascism does not compute. I did not see that. So then we get to Abed's film. What do you guys think about his film here? I, I mean, I'm I'm glad it helped him and his daddy resolve some things. 
that's about all I can say for it. I thought it was a clever way to stitch together a lot of the other scenes with obviously some extra stuff thrown in there. And just, it, it, I thought it was a clever way to resolve the plot. Um, it's a little creepy to have the, you know, the, the, their face, his mom and dad's faces plastered over Jeff and Britta. But uh, I, I actually, I enjoyed that. Like you said, for a plot that I don't love, um, I rather enjoyed the film as weird and bad <laughs> as it clearly is. I mean, from a real-world perspective, it's funny how awful the camera work is, but how brilliant the actual, uh, what the um, the effects, the putting the faces over the top are. Like, he's a wizard on the computer in half an hour. About the only Abed thing films. I really like about it is the ending, where it's cool Abed films. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. it ends on a very somber little note, and it's like, meow, meow, meow. cool Abed films. <laughs> and that was and, nice uh, touch. I, I, I saw on the Reddit this week, somebody referenced this scene and said, and showed a picture of Abed's dad crying and said, this is the moment where I knew I loved this show because they just really liked that it cared about the connections between Abed and his dad. And for, I guess it kind of goes in that season one theme of communication. Like Abed obviously does not know how to communicate very well. And so he's starting to learn that film is a way that he can communicate. And his dad clues into that. I think the message is really muddled. It's the, through the film. It's a really like something about their, the divorce that happened. And, and obviously it messed up Abed. And we get to that again, especially in the uh, claymation episode. But um, I, I do like that. I do like that. Um, his dad. Abed's dad is a better dad for Abed than Jeff and Britta combined. Like he actually cares about his son. Mm-hmm. He he goes, okay, yeah, I made a bad call here. Like he needs this class. I'm cool with that. Well, and I like that the film itself is kind of inscrutable because if Jeff and, and Britta, I guess, are our point of view characters, this isn't really a film for them. They were just actors in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it really is kind of a film for him and his dad. And obviously his dad gets it. So I, I like that it's, you know, again, most people are going to look at it and just think it's weird. But for the right person, it really does have a lot of meaning that we just don't get. And that's kind of OK. Well, Troy gets a new jacket. Now we're getting to the real climax of the episode. <laughs> and he gets a new sneeze and he makes somebody jump. <laughs> so there's that. And yeah, and Jeff and Bretta kiss for the first time. Although it's not romantic. Well, Jeff kind of thinks, hey, dude, okay, I'm fine with this. And Britta's just doing it because she kind of owes Jeff for getting her out of that weird situation with Abed. And she gets him that good grade in the class that he wants. Mm-hmm. So, And Whitman scampers away. He jumps and clicks his heels and then climbs a tree. <laughs> yeah. I didn't catch the tree, does he? Yes, he runs into the background and he spends the rest of the scene just climbing on branches. Oh, gosh. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. All right, I'm well, let's share right our now. likes right now. What are some things you like about introduction to film? Guys, we all know what happened when I went first last time. So one of you is going to have to pick it up. Uh, I don't remember what happened last time, but I, I better jump in because that sounds scary. Uh, <laughs> I liked, uh, I, I really liked in the the sneezing plot, actually, when Pierce sits down with his two cans and he's like, no, they're both for me. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's great. It's a nice touch. 
I liked the two, um, the, the actor who, Je- the, the Dane Cook guy that Jeff meets first in the very first scene of the class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the guy who shows up delivering the lattes. Just the as Badger like, just... from Baking Bad. I get distracted oh, yeah. every time. Oh, yeah. I knew I recognized him yeah. something. It, it, every time I can only go, oh, it's Badger. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just think that they're great dopey little extras. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that Shirley gets a couple of really good little moments here. And made me come out of this episode liking her. I like even when she gets sneezed at at the end and she does a little jump and she's like, oh, bless you. You know, that's, that's cute. Like she's, she's cute sometimes. I like that. Um, I do like Chevy Chase's sneeze lecture and uh, especially the girl falling off the desk. That's probably the only time this episode I laughed out loud and I always will laugh out loud. Uh, so that's good. And I, I also like that they take a lot of digs, a lot of digs at Dead Poets Society. It just it seems like it's a fun punching bag and why not? So just kept slamming away on it. So that was cool. Um, OK, let's move. Heather, did you get your turn? We can we can hoping? say yes and just move on. No, <laughs> no, you didn't tell us. What are your lines? Um, I'm kind of like Thomas. We we talked about so many. Um, you brought up the one that I had down. I wanted to talk about for sure. I love Pierce fighting with the voice command because that is exactly how it goes every time I try to use some kind of technology that's supposed to make my life easier. I'm so bad at it that I just spend more time trying to make it work than I would have if I'd just done it manually in the first place. And I like Pierce saying to Britta, okay, Grandpa. Yeah. uh, Turning the situation on its head. Mm -hmm. All right. What are your dislikes? I don't, I don't like that Abed's being a jerk and Professor Whitman Whitman makes me go, ugh. So I think I've already covered that though. You wanted something new. No, you can you can re, you can state things we've already stated. Yeah, I guess I guess those are the big those are the big things that stand out to me. Oh, I forgot one of my likes. Can I back up? No, real quick? absolutely oh, not. No, totally going to do it anyways. Cheater. <laughs> I love Shirley's little "I love you" speech. Oh. Oh uh, yeah. She, she says <laughs> yeah. "I love you" twice, and the way she does it is so sincere and authentic. And she's just faking it the whole time. It's very good. Like, it's just her homework. <laughs> <laughs> My main dislike is, uh, like, like we've talked about and Alan mentioned, there's a, I think there's a bunch of lampshading in this episode of like some, you know, vaguely kind of slightly questionable, like uh, kind of racist lines like Shirley's one. And then because Annie afterwards says, that's the most racist thing I've ever heard, then it's fine which is fine and a lot of it was funny but um uh maybe not funny enough for me in places um and not driven to a, a any kind of major point in this episode so wasn't in love with all of that yeah um i feel like honestly even bad episodes of community have a lot of good stuff in them but i just really feel like so much of this episode felt forced to me um, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of stuff that should have worked on paper. Like, I think I, I should like all of these things when I say them out loud. But put together as a whole, I don't know if there's a single thing I can put my finger on. But it just felt like they were trying really, really, really hard in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And there's no Chang and there's no Dean. Thank Ooh, you. I was yeah, going to bring up Chang. 
There's no. Well, it's not like you didn't have a chance there, Heather. I'm, did you say <laughs> I missed my like chanks? Have a chank. <laughs> oh, <no>. uh, <laughs> Sorry, Don. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's go on to let's go on to our report card. Let's give our grade for the episode. What do you think introduction to film deserves? I'd have to give it a C. Yeah, me too. I'm also going to give it a C. The day. <laughs> oh. Out. <laughs> Out. All right. See you guys later. <laughs> Bye, man. It's been good. We have to kick him off this podcast <laughs> once a week, at least. No, I'm going to be, I'm going to say C as well. And I, I actually feel like that's a little generous to, for, for, but I am going to go C. I'm going to say a D. I thought about Whoa. this and I originally was going to say C. And the more I thought about it, Al, you're like you're echoing exactly what I'm feeling. It's it felt forced. It for entire show that should be really funny should be spitting out jokes left and right. This one had way too much that wasn't working, and uh, the the Abed's the Abed plot should have been focused on letting us know more about his character. And I came away not really knowing too much more about who this guy is, other than he manipulated a bunch of people to make a, a video so his dad would cry. And yeah, I mean, we, we kind of like, we can tease some stuff out of it, but it didn't feel as clearly stated. It wasn't as like, there's great intentions for that, but it didn't pay off. And I would have probably given it an F if it wasn't for a Whitman silliness. So, you know, I was thinking that the, uh, I missed the, the the stinger at the end of the episode when I was rewatching it. I had to pause it and forgot, and I went back to watch it just a little bit before we recorded with the crumping. And that scene had the energy that the rest of the episode needed. It was just mm. sort of fun and goofy and positive, and I just didn't really feel that in a lot of this in a lot of this one. And I was also thinking of how this it makes it hard to to bring people into the show when the first few episodes of a first season of any given show aren't the best and you kind of have to keep convincing your friend like just keep watching it gets better like it gets a lot better but yeah this you know for a third episode it felt like a big step back when it should have been going forward and just in another episode or two we're really going to be chugging along but um this it just feels like it saps some of my energy to watch season one and does it way too quickly yeah, it's interesting to hear that we're all roughly on the same page, I think, about this. Because I, I looked at some reviews online of the episodes uh, by people in general, and it seems like a really beloved episode by a lot of people uh, who think mm. it's mm. better than the first two. But I think we all disagree with that, which is interesting. Yeah, so what is our ranking for these three episodes so far in terms of uh, you know best, middle, worst out of these three? Are we gonna? Will we say Spanish one hundred and one, then the pilot, then this one? That's that would probably be mine. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, that's because I I did the same thing, Tom. I was just looking on IMDb ahead of time, and you know those ratings are always those are ratings by people who want to go to IMDb and actually rate things. But this is the <laughs> highest rated episode for the first uh, five, six, seven episodes. It's, it's seven. Yeah, it's seven episodes until it's another one that's rated higher. Hmm. Well, they were probably pushing out a lot of promotion and marketing for it, too. That's probably so true. There's yeah. always a lot of factors behind any data. Um, yeah, it's okay. So I, we're not giving up. Don't don't take our, our despair 
for defeat. We we have many episodes to go. Stuff this show. This is lame. I'm out. Yeah, why did we agree to do this again? I don't know. Let's let's go let's go back and watch episodes of New Heart or something. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was a good show, but we know we're we're going we're going to persevere because there's oh yeah no no. So, well, once we get through the the three four years of this podcast, then we're going to go on to New Heart cast. That's the next step. <laughs> I'm. Have you guys thought about what we would possibly do after this podcast if we really wanted to keep going? Golden Girls, of course. Show? Of course. Golden Girls. I'm in. Yeah, I've never watched it. Oh but my I've heard goodness! It's a, lot of, a lot of old ladies talking dirty. So it is. It's it's a fun time. That's something I want on my resume professionally. Yeah. <laughs> what if we re-listen to this podcast and do commentary on this oh, on episodes of this podcast? So meta. That would be perfect. Justin Ooh. sounds really immature in episode three. <laughs> and this was before he lost his eye. <laughs> yeah, that's true. See, in this episode, Actually, I was thinking. I only I have one eye, but thank you, Al. Thanks for that. Out. Made it even more the even more impressive that he does the editing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to today's show here for Introduction to Film on Community Rewatching 101. If you want to follow us, and yes, of course you do. We have more and more joining our legion of followers. All 12 of them. I know I'm just kidding. There's actually far more than that now. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at 101 Rewatching. We'd love to hear from you guys. Want to give a shout out to a lot of our fellow community podcasts. There's plenty out there. And we want to just offer a general salute to all you guys. Thank you for paving the road in front of us. So we're not pioneering. We're just following in the footsteps of some pretty great people already and having a lot of fun with it. So I really love the fact that the larger community podcasting community, which just go with it. The community podcasting community has been very welcoming, uh, very complimentary of the show. And we're just glad we're not competing. We're just all on the same page. Um, and uh, yeah, also we want to point out that Community Rewatching 101 is a subsidiary of Mutant Reviewers. It's our cult movie review site. We've been going strong since 1997. Mm-hmm. Yes, you heard that right. We were a GeoCities page back in the day. We're not any longer. But check us out, mutantreviewers.wordpress.com for crazy weird movies. Al, Heather, and I have tons of reviews up there. And you can check out our stuff if you're bored and you're twiddling your thumbs between the podcasts. Check out Thomas's YouTube channel if you need a good sleep aid, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he, he talks nice and softly. And I he's got soulful eyes. I don't know what my YouTube channel is about. But sleep aid, I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come have a nice snooze. Well, Thomas, I want to say I, I watched your video about the doll, the history of the Daleks. And I must say you... you taught me everything i was too lazy to find out on my own um that <laughs> is was that my video i don't think that was i don't even video. know honestly i uh, i started to watch okay. your videos and then who knows Seriously, what YouTube I was like, i'm done. ready to look that up that sounds yeah i don't great. know i thought it was <laughs> funny though because good. the guy did sound like you in the playlist and i was like huh is this still thomas I don't know. Let's say it was me yeah. we'll say it was you yeah guys if you're big doctor who fans go watch thomas that's one of my best ones. Because yep. <laughs> all Australian Doctor Who fans sound alike, yeah, right? Of, right? Co- of course. Probably, yeah. Why is that even a question? Mm. <laughs> all right, and, and Al has an important reminder for you, too. Well, we are now on Apple Podcasts, among many other podcatchers. So please find us, leave us a review, and rate us five Meow Meow Beans.
We need your support. <laughs> what? Okay, before we log up, what would our rating be, each one of us? If we were in Mao Mao Beans. One, three, and four. But she'll, I'm not going to tell you who's who. Ooh. I, well, there's four of us. I don't truly I'm understand the score, me. the scale of the Meow Meow Beans. Is five good or is I, five I bad? <laughs> five is great. Oh, then you're all one five. One is Britta. Oh, yeah. I don't want anyone to be a Britta. You're all fives. I haven't understood what's going on for a little while. So. <laughs> it's a season. Season six thing, I think. So Okay. It's been too long. Yeah. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you again in a couple more weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.